Good morning, everybody. This is Zach Sadded again. I'm your host, Zach Cooley. And I'm honored to have a person whom I would call a personal hero and certainly a, a, a role model in my career, uh, the former Whitfield Bureau Chief of the Roanoke Times and author of the book with Danny Gordon, Don't Look Up, the real story behind the Virginia UFO sightings, Mr. Paul Dellinger. Thank you, Paul, for being with us. It's well, not, thank you for allowing me. <laughs> well, it's a it's a real honor to have you. As I said, you know, when I guess even before I knew I wanted to be a newspaper writer, I guess it was always in me to want to do that because to see Withville or to see my name or something like that in print was always alluring to me and I remember this this is completely unrelated to what to what we're going to talk about but you're familiar with my first book Hazel's Little Bud absolutely it was uh, written about my great great aunt and the story of Austinville and I remember when the Stephen F. Austin monument was unveiled in 1997 and Austinville made the front page of the Roanoke Times, and it was an article that you wrote. And I remember saying to my aunt, "You got Paul. You uh, Austinville got Paul Dellinger to come write an article about him. We've hit the big time." <laughs> and so when when you made when you made the Roanoke Times, and you got Paul Dellinger to come and and write something about you, you, you know, it, it was big news to us, and your, and your job as the Wisdom Bureau Chief, that, what you did is exactly what I had in mind to do with my mm-hmm. career, and I remember right before you retired, I had written a review uh, about Sally Struthers being uh, on on the stage at a play in Radford, and you emailed right. you emailed me and wrote to me about that. And boy, I was on cloud nine when I when <laughs> when you complimented me on that. And to this day, when I ask you to write something for me and I read it, it's always very humbling. So know that <laughs> well, it was a good good article you wrote. <laughs> well, know that your talents are st- uh, and and. Your talents are are still very widely admired and appreciated, and to get to know you uh, through my adult life and to call you a friend has been a tremendous blessing. So thank you for that, sir. Oh, sure thing. Um, now we're talking about don't look up, and this book has been out of print for m- many years, but. Through the miracle of self-publishing, which made me an author, uh, it's back in print again. So you had said in a previous book talk or when you uh, were asked to come to the library to recount all of your publications, you had said that Don't Look Up is not a favorite of your personal repertoire. Is uh, the revamped version, does that change at all for you or... 
is it still oh, yeah, not a this, favorite? This is the new improved version. <laughs> the first one was rushed out by the publisher without even giving us a chance to proofread it. So oh, it was wow. full of type, typographical errors. Mm. And they also inserted a lot of kind of inane cartoons in it that sort of made it, we went for it to be a, a serious thing. Yeah. Uh, and that, that sort of made fun of it. So, yeah, yeah. We, we like the new version better. Yeah. So what what has changed about the new version other than typographical, uh, 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 other than the grammatical corrections? We uh, I just went went through it and uh, updated things like Sheriff Pike is no longer the sheriff of Wythe County. Right. I'll put that in the past tense. Things like that. Right. Uh, and then. Eat. Each of us, Danny and myself, added a new chapter that uh, kind of brought things up to date. Mm-hmm. And sort of uh, gave a summation of of your whole feelings on the whole craze. Now, I guess I have to ask, um, I wasn't really going to come out and do it this way, but I guess I have to ask... <laughs> Because you are the science fiction guru. I mean, you, you've written so many science fiction books that are outstanding, by the way, and I'm not even a science fiction fan. <laughs> but uh, you you have a very Rod Serling way of writing your uh, science fiction stories, which I enjoy very much. Oh, goodness, uh, thanks. <laughs> um, but... Uh, you know, where, when it comes to the reality of these things, where do you stand? The reality of UFOs? Uh, no, the re- just the reality of any of it. What do you make of this whole UFO flap in general? Uh, oh, yes. Well, the one that happened here? Yes. Well, I, I know people were seeing something, and since it was unidentified, by definition, an unidentified flying object, uh, and you know nobody was making it up. There were there were strange things flying over Whitfield at that time, and to this day I have no idea what they were. <laughs> and you had at least one sighting of these things, correct? I, I just had one. That's correct. Uh-huh. And uh, you you don't still continue to to see these things? No, that's the only one I ever saw that you could call an unidentified flying object. <laughs> Well, it certainly is is an unidentified flying object, and I do agree with you that people were seeing something, but I don't know so far as I would, I don't know if I would go so far, not having seen anything myself as to say it came from a parallel universe. Or, no, I... I, I think it was, a, what I saw was a conventional object, but I have no idea what it was. Right. It, it, it was at night. It passed over very slowly. I did get a pair of binoculars on it. And I could see that it, it had a very bright light in the front. It certainly wasn't trying to hide itself. And the binoculars showed me that it had a couple of blue lights on either side of it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really make out the shape. And then as it passed over and went, went off <laughs> off the road, uh, where I could not follow it, I could see that it had a window in the back. Uh, so hmm. I don't, you know, not a spaceship, but I don't know what it was. But it was too quiet for a helicopter, and it seemed to not to be drifting like a balloon would. So it, it seemed to be piloted in some way. It was going in a straight line. 
As so a, I, can't, I can't tell you any more about it than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a science fiction lover and, and an avid science fiction writer, was there something itching within you to hope to see something? or? Oh, yeah, that's been true for years. I would love to see something like is depicted in science fiction right. stories. Right. Some of the most prominent science fiction writers, uh, like the late Isaac Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke, both when they talk about so-called flying saucers, they they would always say, of course, it's ridiculous to think that they come from outer space or if they're, they're anything like that. But then both of them used flying saucers in some of their stories mm-hmm. <laughs> from outer space. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, and we're dealing with also a time with the story was first given to Danny Gordon by Sheriff Pike. And uh, at that time, my father was, uh, Sheriff Pike's right hand man was, uh, right. was chief, deputy, yeah. chief deputy of the West County Sheriff's office from 1980 to 1994. Um, so he had to deal with some of this flap that was coming out. He, right. he was interviewed um, by a a uh, paper out of Fredericksburg. Uh, it was, and he said to the Associated Press, "I'd rather have something else put us on the map. This brings all the weirdos out before this is over. Somebody's gonna have to see some little green men." Uh, that <laughs> that is his. Famous quote that has <laughs> yeah. has been put into writing about that, and uh, I don't think anybody in Wythe County saw any little, little green men, or at least nothing that I. Well, nothing like that really happened. And yeah. In fact, the, the National Enquirer even sent a reporter down here, and he said everybody was too matter of fact about it, mm-hmm. uh, and didn't, didn't uh, make anything up or exaggerate anything. <laughs> he, he, he went back without writing anything. He couldn't get anything yeah. sensational enough. No green men. <laughs> yeah. And I love the the uh, comic strip, the national comic strip that Danny was featured in, Gasoline Yeah, that, wasn't that something? And uh, he said that. That wasn't, that wasn't in the original book. A lot of those pictures weren't. <laughs> I, know, I noticed that, and that was one of the things I was glad that was included because it, it, it it tickled me at the end. He said, you all can't tell me anything, so I'm going back to the Pentagon. They have all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they do, but they haven't told us what they are. <laughs> right. Or they're, or, they're, or they're giving you the runaround one way or the other. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, when you were, um, how did it come about that you were to write this book with Danny? Well, actually, it was Danny's idea. I, I had thought, uh, aside from the story of people seeing uh, strange things in the sky, that the, 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 another good story would have been what happened to Danny in the process of all this. He had it on the radio, and then he sort of became UFO central for, for the kinds of people your dad talked about, the kooks and the crazies who came to Whitfield. Mm-hmm. They descend, descended on him and would tie him up for hours at a time. And eventually the strain got to the point where he went to the hospital. He thought he was having a heart attack or something. It turned out not to be. 
but uh, the strain on him was tremendous, and I thought that maybe was even a better story. And I did I did an article about that in the paper, mm-hmm. and he then he came up with the idea: why didn't we collaborate on uh, on on what was going on and just do a book? And that actually was the first book that I was ever involved with. Yes, uh, yeah, that's what you said during the book talk. So, um, as you said, you know, you were not pleased with it. It didn't. It didn't turn out as you would like well, it, it to. His so. presentation wasn't what we hoped it would be. I, I guess what was in there was pretty much what we wanted in there, but uh, mm-hmm. this was kind of messy in his yeah. presentation. Yeah, and as you mentioned earlier, I was glad that those. Uh, uh, you you described it perfectly, the inane cartoons. I'm glad they were <laughs> removed from the book and replaced with an actual letter um, from uh, Betty Hill. Um, Betty Hill and her husband Barney were uh, one of the first documented people to, to go public about uh, alleged alien abduction. And, uh, yes, that's right. I actually saw after because I went and researched this because I wanted to find out what happened to them. And he actually died in 1969 of a cerebral hemorrhage. And a little before that, he was on an episode of To Tell the Truth, the old black and, the old black and white game show. That was on YouTube. Oh, I didn't know that. So I went and looked that up, and that was that was pretty neat. Interesting. Uh, but anyway, you all got a letter after uh, the book was published from Betty Hill, a two-page letter, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, that reveals things I had known about their experience. And I'm, and I'm glad that uh, that was included in the book. And yeah, that's one. That's another of the new things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but that Unsolved Mysteries thing, that that was, you know, that put us on the national spotlight and you could see at the time you say well that's where i go grocery shopping at that food line you know where where right. those lights uh-huh. came over and and you, when he was pulling up in the segment where he was pulling up into the hospital he was actually pulling into with county community hospital and and the radio station on uh, the actual radio station on south first street at the time was being used, and that is where your office was, correct? That's right, uh-huh. So were you and Danny uh, friends before then? Yeah, we we saw each other about every day. At that time, the radio station was upstairs in that building, and my office was in a little room downstairs, so we would pass each other on the steps several times a day. <laughs> so after you collaborated uh, on this book, did that... Did that create a closer friendship between you and Danny, or or? It probably did. Yeah, you, it, collaboration on a book does take a certain amount of uh, trust with one another. I suppose, yeah. And uh, um, so, uh, did you? Were you bombarded a lot at the time of the book coming out with report with other reporters, TV, and that sort of thing? Was I what? Was I? Were you bombarded by reporters? And, oh, no, not really. I and, wasn't. And UFO, UFO seekers, and all this. 
No, uh, after the book came out, I did have people come up to me and describe sightings that they said they had had maybe years ago, but hadn't talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was about the extent of it. Danny got the brunt of all that, uh, people descending on Withville and trying to find us, <laughs> get somebody to take them to where they could see UFOs. <laughs> so then, with that, with that dissension, speaking of the dissension, there was a UFO festival yeah. in town um, on June the 11th. That's 11 days from when we're speaking now. Mm -hmm. um, so what's your make of all that? Uh, it showed that there was a lot of interest in, in the subject. Of course, a lot of the people there had other interests as well. There were people there with everything from tarot cards to <laughs> puzzles to things that, that were, I don't know, were, you know, I guess you could say are the fringe elements of interests besides UFOs. But uh, I, I guess the bulk of it was the UFO controversy, sort of the anniversary, I think it was about the 35th anniversary of the flat that Whitfield had. So, was there a large crowd that turned out for this? Uh, yes, it surprised me. It was quite a crowd. <laughs> and was it, is, do you think there's sort of a renewed interest in, in your book? Well, we it, it did seem to be popular. We were able to sign a lot of copies of it. Uh, in fact, <laughs> we didn't get to hear the speakers because we had to stay at our table and sign copies, Dan and I. Right. But you did give a talk uh, at the UFO Fest. I gave a short one on what I thought science fiction had had to do with the UFO phenomena. <laughs> and I was able to find Danny's uh, lecture on YouTube as well as, mm -hmm. that, as, well as that of Sean Cotts, uh, who is the producer, director, writer, what have you, of this UFO, uh, Whitfield UFO documentary that's supposedly coming up, hopefully. Yeah, I'll be interested in seeing what what, he, what, what, that, what that's going to be like. Yeah, uh, me, me too. And uh, were you interviewed for that? It seems to me he talked to me many, many years ago. I, it's been a kind of a long-term project. I can't even remember what the questions were or what I might have said if, if I'm in it at all. Right, right. Okay, well... Um, what uh, can you give an overview of of uh, what you spoke about? Since I can't seem to find uh, your part of the the lecture in on YouTube. Well, I talked a little bit about how uh, there used to be science fiction pulp magazines. They uh, they were called pulp magazines because they were on pulp paper and which was which would disintegrate after a certain amount of time. They, they were kind of throwaway magazines. Right. But, but a lot of them featured imagined spacecraft, alien spacecraft that were mm -hmm. circular. And even if people didn't read them, they were bound to see the covers on the newsstand of these, sure. these gaudy, colorful, uh, what you would now call flying saucers. But the term flying saucers weren't invented until 1947, and these pulp magazines were decades before that. So I was I was saying that uh, the science fiction magazines kind of prepared us to make the assumption that things that looked like that 
came from outer space. And might and might have in some way fueled that conception. Exactly, yeah. And then there was another uh, factor. There was a, uh, the, the magazine Amazing Stories, which was actually the first science fiction magazine, had an editor at the time named Ray Palmer, who just took this UFO controversy and, and jumped on it. Kenneth Arnold, the pilot who was the first person to report seeing circular objects flying, uh, Ray Palmer commissioned him to, to go interview other people who had, who had seen them. And he popularized the concept of flying saucers uh, for years with the magazine until <laughs> I guess the publisher decided enough was enough and they, they let him go. That's always mm. been a subject of controversy. So he went on and founded another magazine called Fate Magazine. I think that may be still around, even though Mr. Palmer's on. Uh, and it was, he, he continued his obsession with flying saucers. Talked about, had articles about people like Barney and Betty Hill who claimed to have had contact with mm, right. extraterrestrials, that sort of thing. Right. So, so uh, go ahead. The argument was flying, was that science fiction did indeed have an influence on flying saucers. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, the movies, of course, the movies were a whole separate thing. I, I don't know how many movies I could think of off the top of my head where uh, people came from outer space in flying saucers. <laughs> sure. And you wrote for some of these science fiction magazines, short story magazines, did you not? Yeah, a few of them. Well, the pulp magazines were, of course, all fun by then, but I... I had some things published in a few magazines. Uh, and are there are there still such magazines around today? Basically, there are three uh, fantasy and science fiction magazines still around. Mm-hmm. Although I think it's every other month now. Astounding magazine is still around, but now it's called Analog. And oh, well, there's one more. There's a mag. There was a magazine named for Isaac Asimov, the science the Isaac Asimov science fiction magazine, and that's still in existence. But at one time, I think there were like 50 science fiction magazines on the newsstands, and now there are basically three. Mm-hmm. And do you still write for those? Uh, I would if they would take my stories. Oh, well. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't published anything in, in any magazine for quite a while now. Right, okay. Do you have any plans of publishing another, maybe another anthology of your short stories? Or? I think I've, I've pretty well used up all the short stories that I had published in that first anthology. I got most of them into that. <laughs> well, that's great, because that was, that was a really enjoyable uh, compilation. Oh, thanks. But uh, my favorite of all that you've written was the... Um, Western. Oh, you like that? Yes. <laughs> I enjoyed that too. <laughs> yes. The the Western with you facing off against yourself on the, on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably a mistake. I should have let somebody else design the cover. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I thought I thought that was I thought that was quite clever actually because my uh naive remark to you is is one of those people in the picture you <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I had had a, two lookalikes on the cover because in the in the story there are two 
characters who look alike. Right, right. And that was my favorite of all that you uh, had written. So I, I really, oh. I really uh, Emily and I both really enjoyed that story, particularly. <laughs> but your science fiction anthologies, they come off like episodes of... Uh, Twilight Zone, and there's a very <laughs> there's a very Rod Serling feel to it. You know, I can I can picture you sitting in a in a overstuffed chair in a in a tuxedo and smoking a cigarette as you're narrating all these stories. <laughs> you know, so uh, but they're, they're all very very good. And uh, well, the Western uh, novel kind of came out of. The, the fact that I misspent childhood every weekend, I would go to see a Western, uh, be Western at our local theater where I grew up. Right. And was that at the Millwall that's opening back up, or was that another one? That, no, I didn't grow up in Western. Oh, that's but, right. It, it was a theater very much like the Millwall. Right. So, and uh, before the pandemic, you and our great mutual friend, the late legendary Mr. Craig Allison, we're doing um, the Saturday Saturday matinee heroes. Yeah, it was Craig's idea to do that at the college uh, once a month, and uh, I think I saw more of the B westerns then than I saw growing up because we'd show three a day for I don't know how many years. Yeah, once a month. <laughs> yeah, at least ten years. Uh, do you think that'll ever get back up and going? I think it'd be hard to do it without Craig, but. It would, and I'm not sure that there are enough people who are still interested in old Western movies to make it worthwhile. To do it again, yeah. Well, Emily and I only made it to one, but we, we really enjoyed that afternoon. Oh, good. And I'm, and I'm glad I was able to come long enough and do that story and get that photo with you and Craig, because that's the only photo I have of Craig and I together, so... Yeah, I think that's the last time I ever had a picture taken with Craig too. So I was really glad you did that. Yeah, that was uh, that was very important to me because as as were you, Craig. As are you, Craig uh, was a great hero of mine. I think he was to everybody. But he, well, I think so too. Yeah. But he when he, we first met each other, when I first came to Westville, we found that we had identical boyhoods. Read the same comic books. We've seen the same movies. We listened to the same radio shows. <laughs> well, when I when I interviewed Craig about that, he described it as he said he said Paul was Paul and I were the brothers that each other never had, and we found that out. Good know, description. You know, getting getting to know each other, we found that out. Mm -hmm. And yeah. He was truly the voice of Wythe County. There, you 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 heard you heard his voice on the radio, and you knew you were in Wythville. Yeah, in fact, he could do multiple voices. He did his own voice, and he yeah. did Granny Fry. Granny and I Fry. Don't know how many others? <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget Granny Fry. Um, now, this new uh, picture on the front cover that was taken—it's taken in an updated version of that parking lot. Oh. Mm -hmm. It's actually the same parking lot where Danny uh, saw it, got his pictures of the UFO. It, it is the same parking lot, but you can tell them that it's, a, it, that it's an updated version because 
there yeah, because the, other you, one's gone. <laughs> the har the harbor freight was not there. Right, uh, right. And uh, yeah, they they just they superimposed some pictures on uh, a man and a woman and a child. It looks like right a silhouette. <laughs> oh, they were superimposed. I thought they had three people stand there and point. I didn't know. They... No, that was added by the cover artist. <laughs> oh wow! So it, it was just a blank picture of the parking lot and then somebody added all the images and then mm -hmm. and then on the back cover it has uh, you and Danny in your re respective office on first street looking up trepidatiously <laughs> yeah that was the idea of the photographer Gene Dalton who at the yeah. time worked for on a time see he states that where he had the book floating in the air over our heads and said, "Don't look up, and you all are looking up in in supposed fright." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Danny came up with the title, and Gene came up with the idea for the picture. <laughs> well, it obviously worked, and I mean it. It obviously uh, sold reasonably well enough to get some. Uh, notoriety from some national places, but uh, yeah, yeah, it did sell out. It, it, it's print run. It was, it's it's now out of print. That version. <laughs> yeah, and now it's back in print for anybody that hasn't hasn't read it that wants to read it. It's back in print and and available on Amazon. And right, you expanded and updated. <laughs> yep. And, uh, Paul, thank you very much for joining me with this. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, it's uh, always an honor, and we'll talk again. Good. Sounds good.